0: Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 46 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Gillio, joined as always by Jordan Renan, James Cratch. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. We're doing this podcast on a Thursday right at the end of March, and we are exactly four weeks away from the first round of the NFL draft, so we're going to start transitioning this podcast into previewing the draft and everything about what the Giants might do with the number 10 pick. And moving forward here. So a month, in- a, month of, a month of draft stuff, Joe. Give them a quick rundown of, of our plan here coming up. Yeah, we're gonna have we have a whole schedule planned out for you guys. Today we'll get into some factor fiction on the Giants and kind of just an overall thought process on the draft so far. And each week here, we're gonna be giving you kind of our updated mock at number 10 for the Giants based on everything we know, we hear, we think right now what the Giants could do at number 10, and we'll kind of update that every week. Next week, we'll get into the offensive players available when the Giants pick, who they should be interested in, who they might be. Same thing the next week for defense. And then right before the draft, the first round's on a Thursday, as always. And uh, on that Monday, we'll try to get it up as early as possible, that Monday morning draft week. We'll have a a big prediction show of everything, a preview of the draft, what the Giants could do, scenarios, hot takes, you name it, it'll be there. So we have a whole month planned here. Yeah, pretty much a month i um, pretty much a month of draft draft podcast, so it should be fun. It's going to be great, and uh, let's kind of pick up where where the Giants have been the last two weeks, and now moving forward. So we talked two weeks ago; we recapped free agency, and now it's that period where the Giants have done a couple minor things, but basically this is all now draft preparation. Jordan and I, I guess the first thing is in, in this process with all the the pro days with with all the the ways the Giants go about preparing for the draft. Um, what have you taken away? I mean, I know they had the Ole Miss Pro Day uh, last week, and there's a lot of potential NFL guys there. What have you taken away from how the Giants have operated the past couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't make too much of the pre-draft visits. In the most part, those, are, those seem to be guys that the Giants have a lot of questions about. I know they brought in Eric Flowers last year, but a majority of the guys that I've seen in my three years here, the pre-draft visits, the guys that come into the facility, they can't work out when they go to the facility. The only thing they can do there is kind of do, uh, you know, sit down and talk to people. It's kind of a feeling out process. Guys that have a lot of question marks, uh, the Robert Nick Kim D J type guys, guys who, you know, he went and jumped off a balcony or whatever the heck happened and got charged with marijuana. Guys like that with questionable backgrounds, those are the kind of the guys you'll see. A lot of those kind of guys, guys with big injury histories that the Giants have questions on. Those kind of things you'll see. Those are the kind of guys. So I don't make a ton out of those pre-draft visits. The Jerry Reese going to pro days, I think, is interesting. Uh, he doesn't get out to you know ten or fifteen pro days every year. He only gets out to probably a handful. I'm, I'm making up a number, but because uh, I'm not, we're not exactly sure. But you know, we spot him at certain places, and it just so happens the past two years he was at LSU. They drafted Beckham in the first round, and he was at Miami last year, and they drafted you know Eric Flowers last year. So. I think there's something to that. Jerry Reese is going to look at specific players. Now, with the old Miss one, it could just be that the schedule worked out that way. The ones that were at the beginning of free agency, maybe he didn't have time to go out to because they were worried about free agency. He didn't have the opportunity to go out. Now everything kind of slowed down. Now he has an opportunity to go out to more. But I do, make, I do think there's something to seeing him at Georgia's Pro Day. That's a guy we've heard, Leonard Floyd, the linebacker from Georgia. That they, that they like. So the fact that he's out there looking at him, not a huge surprise. Uh, guys like that, I, I think those are the places that we can, that I would, I look at that with a, an extra, with a microscope, and I say, hey, hmm, you know, Jerry Reese is at those per days. To me, that kind of means something. So that's what I'm looking for right now in the pre-draft process.
0: James, for you, is this process the last couple weeks since the last time we talked, I mean, uh, like Jordan was saying, they've, They've gone to some pro days. They've met with some players here. Uh, what have you taken away in terms of maybe a name that kind of popped on the radar that wasn't there? Or just uh, have you, has your interest been piqued by any of the names that we've heard that the Giants have uh, spoken to or went and visited the last couple of weeks?
2: This uh, Leonard Floyd is a name. I know Jordan just mentioned with Georgia that he's just the guy who I think is really kind of fascinating because when, when this all started, I, I don't even know if he was projected as a first-round pick. And it seems like there's a very, very real interest in him. And the more you, you will learn about him and, and, you know, analyze him and thinking about him, the more the pick kind of makes sense for the giants. And I will say this, the giants seem to be unlike a lot of teams. And we kind of experienced this in the senior ball at the combine where it seems like a lot of teams, what they're doing, their business is completely out in the open. And the giants for the most part seem to handle a lot of things under the radar, you, know, you don't see every day five reports pop up that they're going to work out this guy privately or they're going to bring this guy in for a visit. Um, they kind of keep their, their cards close to the vest, but the I, when this all started, I just assumed a guy like Shaq Lawson, maybe Vernon Hargreaves. But I'm, now, I'm starting to think that Leonard Floyd is it, a very real possibility that he's going to be the pick, and that's something that I never would have believed two, three weeks ago. I don't
0: think I would have either, I mean, but he's a guy that's interesting, and, and Jordan, what, what do we know about him in terms of how he'd fit, because from everything I've seen and read and watched him a little bit during the college season last year, he looks more like a guy that's a, more like a 3-4 outside linebacker rather than the Giants 4-3. I mean, is this a case of he's just so talented that the Giants are looking at him and saying, you know what, maybe, well, you know, well, let's see how talented he is, and maybe we could just make this fit if, if he's there and, and we like him and all that kind of stuff? I mean, he's an explosive player.
1: I think they look at it as, hey, look, here's a guy who's excellent athlete. I mean, look at his numbers. 6'6", six, six, long, big, speed. I mean, you watch his tape, and you know, I was also very hesitant. I was like, hey, you know, how does he kind of fit there, right? But then you go and you, you look at his tape, and you see a guy with explosion. I mean, I looked a little bit of Shaq Lawson and a little bit of Leonard Floyd, and you just see a different kind of athlete. And I think that's what intrigues the Giants. And they say, okay, we have this guy. Now it's up to our coaches to go out and find out how to use him. And the Giants, we've heard this for years now. They tried to sign O'Brien Schofield, was two off seasons ago. He, they signed him. They agreed to a deal. They failed the physical. He was a linebacker who also they envisioned going and playing as a down lineman on passing downs, on third downs. So I think you look at Leonard Floyd and you say, okay – he could play linebackers on you know, first and second down, maybe even weak side linebacker for them because he's supposed to be pretty good in coverage. Uh, and then you say, okay, and then you can go play defensive end on you know, passing downs, second and long, third downs. You know, Demontre Moore wasn't a big guy. It was kind of like the role Demontre Moore was in. So it's like an expanded Demontre Moore role where he could actually play all three downs. So I think it kind of makes sense for the Giants, an explosive defensive playmaker. Maybe he can even, I mean, his frame is huge, six foot six. Maybe he could even grow. They envision him being able to grow into that defensive end role. Look, OCU Manura wasn't a good guy, what was he? 10 pounds more than Leonard Floyd is right now, if even? So I, I don't think it's something like you look at him and say, oh, this guy's not a fit for them. I don't think he could do it. So when you're that talented and you have that kind of explosion and athleticism, uh, I think that's the kind of guy that makes sense. Now, the one thing that sticks out to you is the production. I have to look a little more into that there wasn't a huge uh there wasn't huge production out of him that sometimes worries me with draft prospects but you know I've heard his name connected to the Giants now multiple times so in my estimation from what I've been hearing I would think he's near the top of their list of guys that are probably going to be available at number 10
2: and when not you talk the top about- of the
1: list in general I mean there's guys like Joey Bosa and, and Jalen Ramsey who I, I I would assume who I envision them being right at the top of their list but he they're not going to be available when they pick
2: No, I was just going to say, when you talk about physical attributes, I mean, it's the NFL. They have the world's finest nutritionists, strength coaches. You know, the guy's skinny. They'll put some weight on him. You know, I I think that a lot of fans say, oh, well, he's too slight or he's too this or he's too that. You know, they're going to find a way to get him physically ready to play in the league if they think he has the body to do that. So I don't really think that's something that should be much of a concern for fans as they talk to Leonard Floyd.
1: I mean, just look at his measurements, right? Six foot six. 244 pounds at the combine. I believe he what was he, up to 255 at the, at the pro day, James? Yeah. I think he was at, he, he, yeah.
2: He apparently ate so much before he weighed in that his stomach got upset.
1: <laughs> well, that, that I think is what, one thing that, okay, he might have, you know, they, they thought highly of this guy, but that, that is something they have to look into. Yes. Is the fact that he didn't do, he didn't finish the combine or the pro day. You know, that in a way also would worry me a little bit. you got to look into that. I mean, I'm not saying it's uh, non-negotiable, but, you know, you got to look. They've had a lot of injury problems. Is, is it a toughness thing with him? He's not, you know, supposed to be an especially uh, a hard player. He's more of an athletic player. But the positive 6'6", let's say 250, 33-inch uh, inch plus arms, 10-plus-inch hands. This guy is a really, really good athlete. I mean, look. 39 and a half inch vertical for a guy that's six foot six. Are you kidding me? Basically, 40 inch vertical lead for a guy who's six foot six. I mean, that's yeah, he's just, a freak. Yeah, I mean, he's a yeah, freak yeah, athlete. 4.6 in the 40. These are impressive numbers.
0: They are. I mean, he's a freak athlete, and for a team that, that has made defense a priority and finding talented players on the defensive side of the football. I mean, it it just makes sense, the Giants, and like you said, Jordan, a few minutes ago, with the Schofield comparison, that they would have some level of interest. And, um, you know, we'll see where the whole thing goes moving forward. The one thing it does kind of play into, and I I think we should talk about as we kind of start our draft coverage here on this this show, is – for what, from what you guys have been hearing, because I know a lot of our audience, I mean, some of them watch college football, but I know a lot of fans in this area are either NFL fans or college fans, maybe not maybe not both the same. So for people out there listening who know the best players coming out of college football, maybe from the biggest programs, but don't watch every Saturday, what is this draft strong in from what you guys are hearing right now? We'll start with James and then go to Jordan. Jordan. Um, is it a front seven draft? Is it an offensive draft, defensive? And, and kind of how does Floyd play into maybe the strengths of this draft? J- James, what have you heard about the 2016 draft? It is a what draft?
2: I would say, I guess overall, probably defensive draft. I think it's very strong at defensive end, on the defensive line. A uh, lot of depth at defensive tackle. When you go past that, though, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's you know, like Ezekiel Elliott's a obviously a great running back but and i guess it's it's pretty good below him but you know not a tremendous wide receiver draft uh not a tremendous safety draft cornerback there's a good amount of depth offensive tackle it seems like there's some good guys you know i know our colleague mark has been running down position by position on nj.com over you, the past you few you should years. be reading that if you're yes. not
1: by the way those things it, are excellent they're stuff. really really good three scouts from three different teams are pining on players you read those, and you'll get a general idea, I think, of where teams stand on most prospects and obviously it's a you know a small sample, but three is a, is a decent sample where you can kind of get an idea what the NFL thinks
2: so I was going to say, I mean, Mark wrote the other day, you know guards not a great guard draft tackles be no. a little bit better. Um, so I would say it's, it's a defensive draft, and it's a draft that I think is kind of tilted towards the defensive line i mean. Linebacker, yeah. Uh, Miles Jack is awesome. He might be the best player in the draft, you know, a lot of people think. But after that, linebacker, it's not great. You know. And Jalen so Smith
1: I, was even better before the injury. Yeah. Run, but besides so I then, would say yeah.
2: it, this is a, def, a, defensive, a defensive draft that is tilted strength-wise towards the front of your defense. And on offense, there are some good players and there's some solid positions, but there's nothing that really knocks you it really wows you
1: not the same wide receiver draft that we've seen no. in the last couple of years uh there's just last couple of years there's been an insane number of hot, of top wide receivers just loaded at that position I mean look at that draft two years ago with Beckham I mean that's just you know Beckham uh Sammy Watkins uh Mike Evans I mean they've all proven to be pretty good players Kelvin Benjamin Beckham I mean that that's just loaded Uh, We're not going to get that this year, and it's just not as deep overall. Defensive tackle, interior of the defensive line, is where this draft is about as deep as ever.
2: And this, I know the Giants aren't really worried about quarterbacks, but you got to be thankful for that because if I were a GM and I had to put my career on Goff, Wentz, or Lynch, I I would not feel too too great about picking all three of them. I mean, they all three might be franchise quarterbacks, but there's no can't miss quarterback in this draft. And you know, there are gonna be teams at the top of the board, starting with Cleveland, that are gonna to have to make a, a decision and live with it.
1: Yeah, I think when you read Mark Eccles stuff and you read what the general perception of Goff is, I think I think that the public probably rates Goff higher than the team. So that's an interesting little take on that. And then you'll look at Carson Wentz and you know everything looks like it's there, and it looks like he's the top quarterback prospect. But at the same time, is that's a big risk. You're talking about a guy who really didn't play much, and he played at, what North Dakota? What is it, North, North Dakota, Dakota State? State? I mean, I mean really good
2: it. program.
1: Yeah, but you're but. you're putting you're putting your franchise in a guy who played sparingly at North Dakota State. That's that's a tough move. That takes a lot of you know what to get up there and make that and say this is our guy. We're and going to way with our franchise from a, a no-name guy who played like one, two serious years at North Dakota State.
2: Yeah, and then you got Paxton Lynch, who you know was great at Memphis. And he goes and plays Auburn in a bowl game, and Auburn, you know, they just basically have a defense because the the rules of the game require you to put eleven on the field at that point. Um, and he he was not good against Auburn, so. Yes. Yeah, and
1: in true. one of those systems that's sort of iffy, you know? You, yeah, it's You know, you're not sure how it translates. So that's, the, that's one of the problems with Lynch.
0: Would the rise, if those guys continue to, like, we're, we're hearing a lot about Wentz now and Goff, and that, that's what this time of the year always is, right? The quarterbacks start rising up the boards or people start convincing themselves. how is that a big boon for the Giants? Like, if, if Wentz and Goff and even Lynch, uh, who I think's, you know, been below them basically for the past couple of weeks, it seems like, but if those guys are all top 10 picks, or maybe Lynch is close to it, that only helps the Giants, right, Jordan? Because when I mean, the Giants have the 10th pick in the draft, if you have two or three teams in front of them take a quarterback, that just means better players the Giants would likely take would fall to them. I mean, the, the interest in quarterbacks going up only could help the Giants here.
1: Oh, absolutely. In my estimation, there's a couple of uh, you know elite prospects, defensive prospects that are, that are pretty much above everybody else, right? Uh, we're talking about okay. Let's go. Let's start on the offensive side. Who do we have? We have Laramie Tunsil, right? Anybody else? There's no wide uh, receiver. There's no tight end. Is there any other offensive lineman? Maybe you have Conklin and Stanley. Okay, Stanley. I don't know. There's, and then and then the running back be a, would be Elliott. Yeah, yeah then, you have Elliott, Elliot, right? Okay. But do a, does anybody take a running back in the top ten? Mm, maybe. So let's say there's Tunsil, Elliott. And Stanley. So that's three elite. I'm counting Stanley, even though I'm not sure everyone in the league agrees. Okay, Those are three elite offensive guys, right? Now let's go on the defensive side. Who do we got? Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. Bosa. Joey Bosa. Jack. Jack. Miles Jack, the linebacker from UCLA. Buckner. Right. And Hargraves. All right. So one, two, three, four. That's five. So we did five offense – I mean three offense and five defense, okay? That gives you eight, right? The Giants pick 10th. Now, are they really going to take Stanley, Conklin, or Elliott? I'm not so sure about any of those three. They, you know, they would have to be graded substantially above any of those defensive guys that we have listed, I think, before any of those are the Giants pick at number ten. So it's a matter of which guys, which of those five defensive guys make it to number 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is the key here? How many quarterbacks go in the top 10 now? You know, you give me two quarterbacks now that go in the top 10, there's a much better chance that one of those defensive guys that we listed, you know, Hargrave seems like the most likely, maybe Buckner, to actually make it to the Giants at number 10. So it's huge for them, these quarterback evaluations – you know what? The Eagles moving up. People, people ask me, you know, did the Eagles move up because they didn't want the Giants to beat them to their guy? Well, if the Eagles are moving up with any intention of drafting quarterback, and they're certainly doing their due diligence. I mean, they're going around the country with their owner, which they've done in the past, and looking at every quarterback. So they're obviously not closed-minded on quarterbacks. They're definitely looking at it. So now you got the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Browns, three teams that could take a quarterback ahead of them. You just want – just get two of them. Now, I'm not so sure the 49ers, to be honest with you. I mean, I've been saying this all along. I didn't think the 49ers were as certain to go quarterback as everybody seemed to think. No. And now it looks like Kaepernick's staying, which makes sense because he makes a lot of sense for Chip Kelly in his offense. That might take them out. I actually don't think they're going to take a quarterback. So you almost need the Eagles to take a quarterback. And, you, and I do think the Browns will take a quarterback because Robert Griffin's not going to prevent them from taking a quarterback. So you got to get those two quarterbacks in there to get one of these guys, one of these defensive guys that the Giants likely covet to number 10. And if not, I think that's where Leonard Floyd comes in and, you know, comes into the picture and he's in that next level of uh, prospects.
2: I think it also depends on, I mean, I agree with Jordan. I I don't think San Francisco is a guarantee to take a quarterback, but okay. So let's say the Eagles, they're going to do it at eight And, and that would be a little bit of a risk for them if they really want one to stay at eight because there's a chance that Chip could pull the rug out from under him at seven. Well, does a team like the Rams trade – like? See, yeah, the way I, I think there's two things that are really important to the top ten. One is what are the Cowboys going to do at four? They could take Ezekiel Elliott. People have said that Jerry likes uh, Zeke. They could take a quarterback. They could do the smart thing and take a defensive player, which is what I think most people think they should do. But you never know what they're going to do. And the second thing is the Ravens at six. That, to me, is the spot where someone can be able to trade in. I, I think Ozzie Newsom basically even said the Combine, if you want a quarterback, give me a call. So does someone try to get at six and get ahead of the Eagles and the 49ers and try to grab the second quarterback? Because I, I think it's pretty clear. Cleveland's going to take one. But does someone try to get the six? All right, sorry, let me go. Cleveland takes one at two. Right. Does Dallas take the second guy at four? And if they don't, does someone get the six to get out of the Niners and the Eagles and potentially push everything down a spot? I don't think the Cowboys are going to are, are draft a
1: quarterback in the first round. They pretty much said that uh, yeah. you know, Jerry Jerry's trying to win with this team now. Maybe if they, if they have someone at the beginning of the second round or you know, they jump up later in the first round, I think that's a possibility. But you know who the most likely candidate to jump to six is? The team that already moved up to eight, the Eagles. Yeah. If they really think that the, the Niners are going to draft a quarterback and they want one of the quarterbacks, that's now a move that they can realistically make. You can't get to six very easily. That's a really no. high pick in the NFL draft, especially when there's we just named probably about eight elite prospects in this draft. Uh, so you got, the, the fact that they have the eighth pick as ammunition, I think, is a big, big asset for them. And if anyone moves up, it, it'll probably be them.
0: Uh, Just for a rundown here, as everyone's listening to us kind of banter about uh, the teams here. So this is the top 10 as of right now, and this will stay the same until uh, probably draft night. It's in trade. So at one, it's Tennessee, two Cleveland, three San Diego, four Dallas. And we just heard James talking about possibly Ezekiel Elliott there to the Cowboys. Five is Jacksonville, six. That's the spot you guys were talking about there with Baltimore and Ravens. Ozzie Newsome always open for business. And, and obviously they have Flacco. So, you know, they're, they're probably very open to moving down. And San Francisco always,
1: would, they're, they're not a draft by need team. You know, they're, no, they're not. They think down
0: the line. They look at the prospect and they don't worry about position as much, it seems. It's probably why, you know, outside of last year when they had all those injuries, they're always a pretty good team. Uh, San Francisco at 7 with Chip Kelly there. The Eagles right now at 8, though there's a lot of talk about them moving up. Tampa Bay at 9 right in front of the Giants. And then the Giants um, at number 10. Yeah, as we were saying. Well, Joe, let me
1: ask you, Joe. You're close. You you know, you you work at WIP sometimes down in Philadelphia. You're closer to that Eagles situation. What do you think? What do you think is is the likelihood of, uh, of, you know, the Eagles drafting a quarterback or moving up to get a quarterback?
0: I would have said two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever it was that Sam Bradford signed the contract, and then they, um, and then they signed Chase Daniel to a really big deal for a backup quarterback. I would have said, I mean, they're going to take a quarterback this year because they just need to develop one. But I thought it'd be more like, you know, the third round guys. They don't have a right. second round pick this year. The th- you know, the Cardell Jones, Hackenberg. I mean, there's so many of those guys that are in the middle there, uh, not first round type of talent. But now, I mean, like you said, Jordan, they're, they're flying around the country working out every possible quarterback with their owner, and they, they have done that before in 2013, but they never did that before then. Uh, the only time before that was Donovan McNabb, who they actually took. I Remember, mean, the they, drafted, years, they drafted Kevin Cobb one time, too, when they already had
1: Donovan McNabb on the roster, so they're not right. great to take quarterbacks, even though I know that was a second-rounder.
0: Right, they're, no, they're not afraid. Right. And And uh, our colleague, Elliot Short-Parks, who covers the Eagles for us, he wrote a column the, the morning we're doing this podcast, that basically was saying, I mean, look, they wouldn't be doing this if they didn't have real interest in a quarterback. Doesn't mean they're going to do it or, or pull the trigger or go up from eight to six or wherever. But I, I do think it's, I mean, I think it's real. And I, I think the contract they gave to Sam Bratt for only two years and, and, and basically it's a one year deal with an option it opens it up. I, I, mean, I'm, I agree with you guys. I think the the Ravens, just because of who they are and the way they operate, and the Eagles, they might hold the cards. To the, how everything falls in front of the Giants, which is uh, which is an interesting scenario because, the, you know, a couple of weeks ago the Eagles were at 13 and they, you know, we didn't even, I wasn't thinking of them factoring into the Giants pick, but now, at 8, like you said, Jordan, it's tough to get to 6, but if you're at 8 already, you're on your way to go up wherever you gotta go.
1: And Howie Roseman, who's running stuff now down there, we know that, uh, he's a guy who's a mover and shaker, and always in the draft. I mean, he goes up and down, left and right, I mean, The Giants are the kind of team that, in general, I mean, they've stayed still way, you know, more than probably any other team in the draft. They just stick to their spot. Jerry Reese has, and people always ask me, do you think the Giants are going to trade down? Since Jerry Reese became general manager in 2007, the Giants have never, in any round, traded down. Ever. Not once. So... It just doesn't seem to be a move that they're willing to make. So so to think that the Giants might drop down, yeah, I mean, of course it could happen, but it's just hard to see that being their philosophy given that they're in the 10th spot and they're going to get
0: what most people think is a pretty premium player in this draft. The last time I can remember, that's fun. I didn't even realize that, Jordan, that they haven't moved down since Reese took over. The last time I can remember, they've
1: moved up. They've moved
0: up. up. up, but not down. And not often have they moved up. I think the last time I can remember them moving down, I guess it was right before Reese took over. Cinerice Moss they took, I think, after moving down a receiver that just turned out to be a bust. But that's
1: interesting. I think think they also did Matthias Kiwanuka. They traded down a little bit with the Steelers in uh, 2006, the year before, to get Matthias Kiwanuka in the first round.
0: That might have been the Cinerice monster too. So that was the last time they traded down. All right, so that yeah, it was either, that the, three,
1: either the, the same year or the year before. I don't, I don't remember something like that. But they were moving right. and shaking. And that was really coursey though.
0: It was right. So that's something Probably to keep in mind. As, yeah, yeah, As we uh, as we talk about the Giants and and Reese, that's something definitely to keep in mind. All right, guys, let's play some fact or fiction here um, with the way we think about this draft and what you guys think about what the Giants should do. So I'll I'll give it to you. Tell me fact or fiction and why we have five of them, and then we'll wrap up this episode with who we think the Giants uh, would take right now. If we were doing a mock draft right now, the number 10 pick, the Giants are on the board, we'll give our pick uh, for the Giants as of now uh, as we do this podcast. All right, you guys ready? We'll go uh, James, Jordan, and then uh, we'll come back around. So we'll do each of them James to Jordan and then back to me, all right? Okay. All right, here we go. James, you're up first. Fact or fiction? The Giants should draft need... Over best player available.
2: Hmm. I will say fiction, and it's kind
0: of a loaded question because you know it's a very Carson Wentz, question, yeah. Carson Wentz, or Jared Goff could be there, and, and obviously that's if that's the best player. That's you know that that's something the Giants I doubt would consider. But go ahead.
2: Yeah, I'll say I'll say conditional fiction. They should take the best player on the board. That fits. When I say need, I mean if if it's a quarterback, they they shouldn't take the quarterback, obviously. But I think for the most part, they should stick to their board as long as it's not something that a player that they're going to have absolutely no use for. Jordan, how about you?
0: Factor fiction.
1: I'm going fiction. You just got to draft the guy you think is the best player. I mean, granted, it needs to have you you have to be a little you have to be a little discriminant of like what positions you take. But if you know, if the grades are even close, yeah that you know, that's the, the the need is the deciding factor. But also when you look at need, need is a is like a very relative thing in this league. It it changes so quickly. You know, a couple of years ago, or even last, two years ago, you didn't think the cornerback was a need for the Giants. They had Prince Amukamara and Dominique Rogers Camardi. Things change. Injuries happen. You you thought the Giants had you know, Jason Pierre-Paul it was going to be part of their future. And then something happens in, you know, with a firework accident. Uh, things change so quickly. Uh, your offensive line, you, you never know. Somebody gets injured all of a sudden. You, you think you're set at one spot, and then you're not. You know, Will, Will Beattie was their left tackle two years ago. He played well, and all of a sudden he didn't play a full season. He's gone the next year. You can't really plan too far out in the NFL. If you do, it's a flawed way of doing business. So for me, fiction. You just take pretty much the best player. Uh, when, they're, when there's a couple guys around the same grade, then you go to need. But got to start with, with uh, just straight out which is the best player available.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It almost feels like long-term thinking. While GMs have to do it, it is kind of a fallacy in, in a way because you can, only, you can only think long-term for so long in the NFL uh, with the way these teams are constructed. All it's right. always no, good th- to
1: have assets. There's nothing wrong with having assets. You can work with assets.
0: Of course, and it's always good to have talent, so you can work too with many you Too many good players is not, not a bad problem. Yeah, I've never heard a coach ever <laughs> watching the NFL say, you know what, I have, t- I have too many good players here. They're, you know, I-, I can't work with this. So that is always uh, on the board. So All right, number two, James. Fact yes. fiction. The Giants can focus more on offense than defense at the number 10 pick, and in this draft really entirely because of what they did in free agency. <laughs> fiction.
2: I don't understand. Like, there, I, I just don't get this. Like, look, the Giants' defense was historically awful. So the idea that they signed a couple of guys so they can just not pay attention to defense anymore in the draft, I, I just don't get it. Like, there are people every, you know, the Giants will bring in like a a cornerback or a linebacker for a free agent visit, and people think that means that they can just stop worrying about the position. The draft, um, no, this. I mean, look, can they draft an offensive player or two? Sure. But the focus of this draft has to be defense because even with the big name acquisitions they've made, they still have depth issues. They still have holes in that defense and they have to get the defense fixed. The defense is the reason why they're in the situation they're in currently. So that's total fiction. They have to be worried about the defense in this draft. And anyone who says otherwise, don't listen to them.
0: Jordan, we're listening I, to you.
2: Are you going to yeah, say otherwise? I, um, no, I'm not going to say otherwise. I wrote about
1: this. It's total fiction. Look, if you're going to use all your re- assets, all your you're your, your going to allocate all your resources in regards to the first round picks, I mean, four straight years they went offense. If you're going to keep putting that money, those assets into offense, you're going to pay for it on defense. Look, you are not going to. It is so rare that you're going to get an all-pro you know, difference making player in free agency. Like that just does it. Those guys aren't going to hit the market very often. The Domicron Sue did, I get it, but it's so rare. The only way to, to your only chance to get the, your Odell Beckham on offense, your only real chance to get that level guy is to use your, to allocate your top resources to the, those positions. I mean, the all pro team was mostly filled. If mean, you look at it, it's like 65, 70% guys that were drafted in the first round. I mean, first round picks are where you, you have a chance to get those guys. And if you keep shooting them at the offense, you're going to lack those difference-making players on the defense unless you get lucky in other spots. And the Giants haven't. So they haven't drafted defense since Prince of Mukamara in 2011. They have to do it here. They have to try and start taking their chances to find difference-making, all-pro, uh, you know, play-making defensive players. Otherwise – Look, I know they reloaded their defense, but if you think about it, they traded, you know, they swapped in um, Olivier Vernon for Robert Ayers. Okay, fine. Let's say that's an upgrade. Not a gigantic upgrade, though. But, I mean, for the future, it's the right move and everything. But, okay, so that's the swap they made there. They swapped Prince of Mukamara and Janaris Jenkins there. And, uh, you know, Damon Harrison, obviously, a huge upgrade over Marcus Kuhn. But... You're talking about the 32nd ranked defense. How much better are they because of those three guys right now? I mean, they're not exponentially better. They're better, but that, that's still not a very good defense. They still, like, those three guys that they picked up, those are three guys that haven't made a Pro Bowl, haven't made an All-Pro team. In order to get those kind of guys, you have to use your draft picks, especially if you're drafting, you know, in the top ten for the second straight year, top 12 for the third straight year. You know, I mean these. You can't use three straight top-12 picks on offense and be like, oh, well, our defense is bad. Why is it bad? Because you gotta, you got to use those picks there.
0: All right, let's go, to the th- let's go to our third one here. And I agree with you, Jordan. You, you can't just – I agree with both of you guys. You can't just um, say we have to do this because we did that. And it's all about finding the right player, finding the right fit, and maybe not you know, boxing yourself in to a certain place. All right, four, I'm interested in both of your take on this one because you alluded to it earlier – Um, in just the way you were talking about the top 10 and what the Giants might do compared to other teams. Number four, based on what Jerry Reese has done, or number three, based on what Jerry Reese has done this whole offseason, basically, and how aggressive the Giants have been with giving out big contracts and bringing in big-name players. Fact or fiction, James, the Giants should trade up and be aggressive within the top 10 if they find a player they like that they really, really want or the opposite, obviously, would be to stay at ten and, and pick the best player available. So aggression inside the top ten, fact or fiction?
2: I will say fiction, just because. Okay, so you want to be aggressive. Well, that means you're probably going to have to. I don't like. I don't think you're going to call the uh, the Chargers, for instance, and say, "Hey, let's just swap picks." You got to give something up. So the Giants only have six picks to begin with. Um, you don't want to give up first round or next year. And I look at the roster and I don't really see a ton of, you know, tradable assets that they want to dump and knocking anything guaranteed in return. So I'll say fiction. I mean, look, the 10th pick, it is what it is. I think they can still come away with a good player, no matter how the first nine picks uh, fall out. So I don't really see a need to be super aggressive. Now, if they, if they fall in love with a guy and they, they're willing to, to take a gamble, you know, that's their prerogative. as Jordan said, they they don't really do that in the first round. So I don't see why they would start doing it now.
0: Jordan, fact or fiction? Should the Giants be – the Giants should be aggressive within the top ten if they deem one of those players ahead of them really good? I'm going to say fact. I think that's – I'm a little concerned
1: about them missing out on, on, you know, some of those top guys. Uh, If Joey Bosa, Jalen Ramsey – or Miles Jack were sitting there at that sixth spot that we were talking about, I think that's something that they should seriously consider. Now, obviously, cost is a big part of that. How much is it going to cost for them to get from 10 to 6? But I do think a defensive player of that caliber, to be able to get him, if you can do it for the right price, I think they should definitely explore that. So I'm going to say fact. They should be, look to be aggressive. Not saying they, sh- they should definitely make a move, but if one of their top guys falls down, uh, I think that they should go to. If Joey Bosa is somehow sitting there at six, they should they should try as hard as humanly possible to get up there and get that get Joey Bosa.
0: Yeah, I mean that would add to the stable of pass rushers, which we talked about, you know, for weeks here. The Giants needed to add multiple pass rushers, not just not just one big player. Obviously, they gave the big contract to Vernon, but uh, you never to have, you have too up? many
1: pass rushers. We say that all the time.
0: You can never, right? And uh, you know. And Tom Coughlin, who spoke at the uh, the Mike and the Mad Dog reunion show that just took place uh, last night, he told a story about the you know the Super Bowl forty two with all his pass rushers. He has this uh, this photo of Tuck and Yumanura and Strahan walking away from Tom Brady after a sack in the Super Bowl. I and mean, yeah, you can never and the Giants know it. You can never have too many pass rushers. All right, our last one here for Factor Fiction. Oh, I thought we were four. Oh, we're at number four, right? So we have we have five all together. So all right, number four. Offensive line is the number one overall priority in this draft. James, fact or fiction?
2: Okay, this is a fic. This is fiction. I agree with what Jordan wrote. Um, you can't just keep drafting offensive linemen. You know, I know, I know that that column that Jordan wrote got a, a lot of reaction. Um, you just can't keep drafting at the same position. I mean, like, no one's saying. That you don't want to have a great offensive line, but to keep on spending first-round picks and neglecting other areas you know, that have clear needs it just doesn't make any sense to me. I will say this, though. If you, look at the, if you look at mock drafts and you look at the offensive linemen and the tackles specifically that are available, I can see there being a concern if the Giants think, well, we'd like, really like to get a guy who we potentially can plug and play this season. I can see there being a concern that there's a run on offensive tackles and you get to the second round and the top four or five tackles on the board are gone and you're really dealing with guys who have promised but they're projects and they might not be ready to hit the ground running. Um, I could see that being something the Giants think about, but I will say it's fiction. I I still think defense, 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 defense. That's got to be the top priority in this draft
1: fact Factor Fiction. Let me, fiction. Let me say this. Ryan Harris, offensive tackle for the Denver Broncos, the Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos. He signed as a free agent, started 16 games for the Denver Broncos, right? He signed for, as a free agent on May 28th of last year. Nobody wanted Ryan Harris. Ryan didn't Clady he, got it. he
0: bounced around, too. I mean, he's been all yeah. over the place. I mean, he, got he, he was in
1: Eagles camp, yeah. Clady got injured, and they needed to find the guy, and they plucked Ryan Harris off the street, spent one year in Kansas City the year before, was with the Texans before that, and originally started with the Broncos. So at some point, you need to find some starters in free agency. Uh, you need to find some starters late in the draft on your offensive line. You can't use all your first-round picks. So to me, it's not the top priority. You could need, Look, I'm not saying they don't need to address it. They do need to address it. Yes. They, could use, they could use a right tackle. You know, it's not going to be a Pro Bowl right tackle. Just get a serviceable right tackle. Maybe you know, somebody who has a certain strength or weakness. Maybe it's just a, 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 a below-average run blocker, but he's a good pass blocker. you got to find somebody that can maybe do that. Then you throw in a, you know, okay, we'll have a competition between Bobby Hart and John Jerry, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll move with our offensive line. You're not going to be able to get five all pros and five first round picks with that offensive line. I agree they need to improve, but it's Jerry Reese's job to find guys elsewhere besides the first round. Maybe, probably even second round of the draft. Like I said, you have to spread your resources around in the draft. Otherwise, you're not.
2: Go- Otherwise, your defense is going to suffer if you keep doing that. Yeah, it is. And I also think that with the offensive line, a lot of times fans like. This is not 1989 anymore. Like, yes, if you look back, the, the that those Super Bowl team, those parcel teams, they spent, they they drafted, you know, Eric Moore and I believe in Brian Williams backpackers in the first round. They invested second and third round picks on offensive linemen for several seasons in a row. But that's not the way the 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 league isn't caveman football anymore, and you don't necessarily need this gold plated super-physical offensive line to be successful anymore. So I think Jordan's right. And look, you can say a lot of things about Jerry Reese. The guy does have a knack for finding some diamonds in the rough and developing them. Now, I know Giants fans will say that he tries to draft those type of guys too much, and that might be the case. But he does have an ability to get some guys and find some marketing inefficiencies and bring guys in who can produce. So I think you just have to take that chance and hope that he can find somebody to improve the line down the road
0: and I think when it comes to offensive line there's I mean I think every fan base the NFL does this they look at the Cowboys right now and what they've done with their offensive line but I think it's probably worth noting in this conversation that yes three of their stars in the offensive line the center Frederick um, obviously the left tackle Tyron Smith and Zach Martin the right guard they were high picks just like the Giants have invested high picks in their offensive line recently but also two of their starters one just by, you know, what happened last year and by chance, Lyle Collins probably would have been a first-rounder, but he wasn't drafted. They got him. An undrafted then, guy, right. Exactly. Right. And then Doug Free, I believe, way back in the day, because he's the oldest guy there, I think he was a fourth-round pick. So, yes, they have the best offensive line, and they invested a lot in it, but really right now it's kind of even, the way the Cowboys rebuilt theirs and the way the Giants have done it so far. So I agree with you on that, too, that, you know, they don't have to just take an offensive lineman, and that would be a lot of resources poured into that one spot on the team. All right, guys. Our yeah, Ryan Clady, who we
1: brought up before, is a guy that they, they're keeping, they have to keep their eye on at this point because he's a starting caliber player, obviously risk coming off a big injury, but he's a guy that might be available later on.
0: He certainly could. And he, you know, he's got a, a pretty good pedigree over the course of his career uh, with the Broncos. All right, our last one here, and I think this is one that's a big one, and I think a lot of fans probably are, are feeling this, and uh, certainly if the, the spotlight has been on him. Uh, for months now, ever since Tom Coughlin uh, exited the Giants facility, or at least, you know, I guess in name, exited the Giants facility. Number I think five. he's gone now. I okay, think, yeah. I he well,
2: he,
0: he kind of said he was, right? James. I think, I think
2: last night proved Tom, Tom has left the building.
0: Tom has left the building, but Jerry is still in the building. Fact or fiction, James, this is the most important draft of Jerry Reese's Giants tenure.
2: That's a really good question, Joe. Um, I'm going to go five-five. I'm going to say fiction just because I don't think that this is the make or break year for Jerry Reese. I don't think that if they don't have a good season that that he's, he's going to go. So I would say that I think this draft is important, and I think next year's draft is important as well, but I don't think this is a draft where if he doesn't nail it, then he's going to be out of a job. I think this is more of a two- to three-year draft window for him to get the ship righted so I wouldn't say that this necessarily is the most important draft of his tenure but it's up there it's very important for them
0: Jordan it's the most important offseason for Jerry Reese. he obviously just uh, had a big spending spree in free agency but is it his most important draft I'm gonna
1: say fact because next year is kind of the year that you know they have to show some improvement this year I, I don't think the draft is going to be the draft isn't going to you know dictate is you don't come bring in four rookies who come in and make huge impacts you know and are going to be real game changers on the team if anything you get rookies like when they when he had that great two thousand and seven draft who you can get a guy to come in and contribute here there you get a lot of different contributors maybe one or two guys make really significant uh, rookie you know huge rookie impacts and and if you do that and two guys that make that kind of impact you you know you killed it, the rookie year so I think next year is the year that you're looking at, okay, they really, really need to make sure that next year is a good year. And when next year, that's when the second, these guys that he drafts this year, those second-year guys are going to be asked to play much bigger roles, so, You know, even the second, third, and fourth rounders. Whereas the rookie year, the second, third, and fourth rounders are kind of just asked to be contributors. So to me, this is a huge draft for them. They, need, they still need an infusion of talent, and uh, the draft is a big opportunity for them. They're going to need a Pro Bowl defensive player from this draft. Bottom line, need to get a Pro Bowl defensive player from this draft. So let's see if it happens in the next two years. That's why the pressure's on Jerry Reese.
0: The pressure's on him, the spotlight's on him, and I think every Giants fan out there is watching him uh, very closely closely as we lead uh, into the first round of the NFL draft and the whole draft uh, in just about four weeks. All right, we'll wrap this up just like we're going to do each of the next three episodes leading up to the first round of the draft with our pick right now. Pretending we're doing a mock draft. The Giants are on the board right now at number 10. We'll go Jordan, James, I'll give mine. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of keep a running tab of these and how our opinions and thoughts might change over the next few weeks, which I'm sure they will just based on what we hear other teams might do or, or projected, um, rumors out there. So Jordan, for you right now, if the draft was today, the Giants at number 10, take. I said
1: Vernon Hargraves in my first go around, but I'm flipping now to Leonard Floyd because I'm kind of concerned that those big couple defensive players that we, you're hoping that are there for the Giants are not at this point. So I think uh, Leonard Floyd is, is the best player on the Giants or the top player on the Giants board when they go at number 10, and they're going to select him. So linebacker Leonard Floyd from the University of Georgia. Six six two forty four listed at the combine. James
0: Leonard Floyd in Jordan's mind, in yours?
2: I, you know, what? it's gonna be kind of boring. I'm gonna say Leonard Floyd too. Um, I think Hargreaves would be the guy that you would ideally want, assuming you can't get one of those big defensive names. But you know, I just look at the board, and you know, Tampa, which is at nine, they basically have the same needs the Giants do cornerbacks one of them and then if the Eagles decide not to go get a quarterback they're kind of in the same boat as well so I just have a I just think it's going to be tough for Hargreaves to actually get to the Giants at 10 so that's why I will also say Georgia linebacker Leonard Floyd is the pick
0: you know what, there is, once one of you went Leonard Floyd, I said to myself, alright, I don't want to go the same, but now both of you have, I'm going to wrap it up as this is like the Leonard Floyd podcast, because I yep. like him, and I agree with Jordan a few minutes ago saying the Giants have to come out of this draft with a Pro Bowl defensive player, and I think about what they did in free agency, while they, they might have added Pro Bowlers, we'll see how these guys play, the one thing that I, I, I keep thinking about is, they added a lot, but you know, JPP still a question mark, and for as good as Vernon is as a two-way defender, as the defensive end, he doesn't exactly have you know a bunch of 10-plus sack seasons on his resume, which he might develop into doing that. But he doesn't have that. I still think he's got one. A, he's, he's got, got one. one. They yeah. still need a pass rusher to me. And I look at Leonard Floyd, and I think he could be that guy and the Schofield comparison. So I'll go with him too right now. So we're all on the same page with four weeks to go. Leonard Floyd at number 10 uh, for the Giants. Which, which So that means they have-, they
1: have no chance of drafting Leonard Floyd basically? Right. It's gone. Hey, you <laughs> got
2: flowers last year.
1: I know. Well Sometimes, you know, sometimes you know what they say. I do not have
2: a draft track record. I think I was covering the Morris County Baseball Tournament during the a al- Yeah, once in
1: a while you get super lucky, but uh, <laughs> definitely not a regular thing. I'm, you're wrong like 99 out of 100 times with these things.
0: So basically we're three blind squirrels here. We're just uh, we're trying to get lucky again. Uh, But last year you did, and uh, we'll see what happens. So we'll be back next week, and next week we'll start getting into the offensive side of this draft and what the Giants might be able to do, kind of look past the first round and kind of the draft as a whole from the offensive perspective. I'm sure we'll get into the offensive line uh, and maybe wide receiver there as well. Guys, this was fun, uh, and we're excited to get ready and, and get you guys all set for the draft. Jordan, as always, thanks. Anytime, Joe. You got it. We'll do it again soon. Thank you, James. You got it, Joe. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 46 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. Be sure to follow the show and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. However you want to listen, you can listen. Uh, We'll be back with you next week with episode 47 as we get set for the 2016 NFL Draft.